Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast. I'm Sally. I'm Linda. I'm Ming. And we're moving along. Hi everyone, welcome back to our 35th episode of our podcast. Today we're going to be returning a little bit to a past topic when we talked about fitness culture, but we're really going to dive deeper into the influencer and beauty standard aspect of it and so how all of that kind of shapes how we view our own physical bodies and how our viewpoint might have changed throughout the years or stayed the same. So we're going to dive into that topic, but first, of course, we're always going to update you on what's been happening in our lives in the past week. So I guess we can get started with Linda. How was your week? Um, so we hired a new person today on our team because one of my coworkers is about to give birth at any second. So <laughs> she's going on maternity leave and we got a temp to help us out. But the thing is, the temp is just like taking my not taking over my job kind of <laughs> because she just like doing everything that I was originally doing. So for these like next three days, my job is going to be gone or I'm just going to be training the new person. And it feels kind of wild because I feel like I literally like just started and now I have to like teach someone like what to do and things like that. But it does give me like a power rush or something. So because I'm no longer like the lowest low person, I guess. How are they replacing or taking over your tasks? Like, what was the person who was pregnant doing before? Like, similar stuff to you? Yeah, so I'm going to be doing what the pregnant person is doing. Oh, okay. And then the new person is going to be doing what I'm doing. Wow. Do you get a pay raise? (laughs) I do not. But, I mean, that's expected because, like, the workload is the same, kind of. It might even be easier since I can tell someone else what to do now. Because they gave me that power. Do you have a role in, like, the hiring process? A little bit. Not much, though, since this person is from our mother company. And, mother. like, their contract just ended. So I think it was like, an internal transfer type mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nothing exciting. On to Sally. Uh, I also have nothing exciting. Um, This week's been kind of like an up and down for me. Uh, I kind of feel lost at work. Like, I don't know what I should be doing as usual. But this (laughs) week's like even worse because I think my mentor has been pretty busy with other stuff. And he hasn't been very prompt with replying my emails. So then because I can't really do, I can't move forward with my work if he doesn't answer my question so i'm like most of the day i'm just sitting there like not doing work because i'm waiting for him to respond to me (laughs) and then today he like responded to me at four saying like oh actually can you do this and like i already did what i thought i had to do so i was like okay i'm just gonna do it tomorrow even though tomorrow was supposed to be my day at work but Mm -hmm. i don't know i just feel like a mess when i don't have a like a clear plan Mm -hmm. ahead of me so yeah yeah it's like feeling needy for your boss is like a different kind of feeling needy mm-hmm. are you stuck yeah. with this mentor for your full two years or is there opportunity to <laughs> switch yeah i'm stuck with him oh. i think someone before me um like two positions like two generations ahead of me um the person who was his mentor mentee switch out from his lab like 
he moved to someone someone else and i don't think he was very happy about that (laughs) what i mean why did the person switch out do you know i don't know i think they just didn't like him that much or they wanted to study something else Hmm. but yeah i really wish that Yeah, I don't know. I, sometimes I really wish that I could be studying something that I'm more interested in researching or like have a mentor that's better at mentoring, but it is what it is. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> that's all for me. Okay. Yeah. Spice it up. I have no spice, no way to spice because my life has been pretty much the same too. Even at work, it's gotten into a pretty good routine and this whole week my boss is out on vacation and it's like like nothing has changed i feel no no difference really um so yeah nothing much has been going on honestly um but hopefully next week okay so as ming mentioned before we're going to be talking about body image today so what we struggle with, um, how our perception of body image changed over time, um, body positivity influences, and you know, the role of living in a society. So to start off from getting into all that, um, so what were your experiences with body image growing up? Um, was there like a specific moment that comes to mind that you first were aware of body image or like had some strong feelings about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess I can start because I have a pretty distinct memory of... Because I think when you're really young and you're just like a child, you don't really think about your... Or at least I didn't think about my body in like a very conscious way. It was just, you know, whatever. But there is a certain point, right, where you become cognizant of your body or if you look attractive or, I don't know, like fit into standards. So I guess... My memory is at the pool, and every summer I would go to, like, the outdoor pool, and um, my grandma would take me, and I would just go with my sister, so not even with friends, but it was a public pool, and I remember one summer, I don't remember how old I was, but I was definitely in, like, young primary school, so maybe, like, third or fourth grade, and it was, like, I remember the moment getting out of the pool, you know, when sometimes you, like, take the ladder or when you, like, pull yourself up? It, like, I sticks remember... to your skin. What? Wait, what? <laughs> like, getting out of the pool, sometimes you climb the ladder and sometimes you just, like, push yourself up on the wall. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, the second um, thing where I was, like, pushing myself up on the wall. And, like, in that moment, I remember thinking, like, people are probably looking at me or, like, what if I can't, like, what if I'm not strong enough to, like, get out of the pool and then I look weak? Or I was also very <laughs> aware that, like, boys might be watching me or like I'm like I don't remember if I was wearing a two-piece or one-piece suit but I just remember being very cognizant of my body and like wanting to make sure I quote look like look good like coming out of the pool and like thinking about how oh my god I bet people are looking at me and that sort of thing and then I was just very self-conscious like walking around the pool and I think I went through a phase where I would only wear like one-piece swimsuits or like shorts you know like swimming kind of shorts with my bathing suit because I was so self-conscious and I remember thinking that that it was like wow this is kind of ruining it for me and like I didn't really enjoy going to public pools that often so that was like my first memory 
and then from there I like had a bunch of changes in my attitude I guess but what about you guys the pool thing makes sense because when you're in the water you're like submerged so no one can really see you Mm -hmm. so that moment when you're first getting out must be like super like I don't know juxtaposed or you know supercharged so that does make sense Mm -hmm. that there was a strong feeling for that yeah yeah I can totally see that and I can relate to that because I did swim team so we were like getting in and out of the pool and like everyone was like in bathing suits a lot so it was and like when you're in a bathing suit you can't hide anything right like people Mm. see everything so that also made me self-conscious but I think my I don't know really when it started but my first like um thoughts about body image came from like remarks from my family Mm. mostly um so when I was growing up I don't know yeah I don't really know when this started but my family would be like oh you're like kind of chubby you need to like lose weight like they just it's a very like um it's a very blunt thing and I guess in an Asian family it's not really taboo to talk about weight it's something really normal Mm -hmm. like the first thing when you see someone that you haven't seen in a long time they'll mention about your weight I remember um okay this person's dead now it's (laughs) one of my like grand aunts or whatever grandma aunt I don't know but she lives in Maryland too so then sometimes when we go we'll eat dinner with her like once or twice a year and like I dreaded going to eat dinner with her because every time I went to eat dinner with her like the only thing and the first thing that she'll say to me is like something about my weight so Mm. that like made me self-conscious about my weight from a pretty young age and um yeah I don't know it didn't really affect me that deeply like I was still like mostly okay with my image like my body image I think it really helped that it was only coming from my family that were saying like these things like most of the time when I was like in public in Mm. school and stuff no one commented about your weight because like it's not right to (laughs) talk about people's weights Mm -hmm. in such a like blunt way but Mm -hmm. yeah also especially how yeah how like you mentioned she would say stuff about your weight like while you're about to eat so that's probably yeah. like not the i guess best environment to be having some discussion mm-hmm. or to like be giving some stress about weight or whatever um but so okay i think my experience kind of relates to ming's because there was like a jungle gym at the playground in elementary school and there's like a dome kind of and then i used to think i was hot shit for being able to climb <laughs> to the top of the dome oh and i would just like sit there and you know you feel kind of exposed because once you're at the top like no one can like stay on the top with you and hmm. you know you're like super exposed on top of the dome and I was like wait like people might be looking at me like if someone kids would like yell at you from like below the dome and stuff I was like do I look weird from this angle or something and that was like my first I guess image that people were perceiving my physical form or something which is super young but also kind of weird and mm-hmm. yeah I never really thought about it in any sort of deep way hmm. but I guess going back to Sally's um what Sally was talking about what were some I guess early influences on on body image and things like that mm-hmm. yeah well like as mentioned my family was a big influence um like in Asian culture I guess it's ideal to be slim and 
I mean, since I'm already short, so it's like ideal, more ideal to be slim, so mm. that you don't look like when you wear clothes, it looks better. Um, and then, yeah, I would hear that from my mom a lot, mm. especially. And I remember, like, sometimes she would exaggerate a lot and be like, "If you get any." If any fatter you're gonna get diabetes and like to kind of scare me into losing weight but Mm, i mean she's kind of chilled on that now but it like did make me want to lose weight just to like stop hearing that um and then also like social media of course um being on social media seeing all these like good looking people and all these fit people um made me want to exercise more but like these were all pretty shallow i would say like um pretty shallow um like pressures like shallow influences on getting me to exercise Mm -hmm. i think what really like what really stuck with me and made me want to exercise is finding something that i like doing like a like a physical activity that i like doing such as body pump (laughs) (laughs) um and like Ting is also pretty fun for me so i think those kind of things really helped me more Sorry. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. going back to like influences, I think it's interesting how basically my family comments a lot on weight too, but in a very different way than Sally's family. Like for me, I guess. Um, like obviously my family is white and they're they have a different, not the a different body standard, but like a different view on like body shapes and like. I was always told I was really skinny. Like, my grandma would always comment on, wow, you're so small. Like, you're the small person. Or in, like, almost a self-deprecating way, they would make fun of themselves by, like, being like, oh, we're... Ming, you don't want to get as big as us and that sort of thing. Like, Mm, yeah. But it's still, no matter, like, if this is seen as a compliment from them, which it wasn't, like, it still impacted how I viewed myself. And I remember thinking that... um, especially in middle school when I was like occasionally I would weigh myself on a scale and if I was like I was always under 100 pounds and I was like wow okay yeah I'm still like that skinny kid or whatever and my my not my parents but my family members would always like continue with that um I guess I guess like almost a compliment but not really and then I remember one day I was on the scale and it was over 100 and I felt so like wow, like, I'm not that small person anymore, and I almost Mm -hmm. felt, like, kind of ashamed, even though to them, they would see that nothing really has changed. I never had, like, a huge weight gain or anything like that, but, like, the fact that I was over that number, for some reason, it, like, really, um, yeah, made me upset, and, like, after that, I, like, started focusing more on what I ate in, like, an unhealthy way, so I could get back under that number, which is, so not healthy because especially when you go through puberty your weight fluctuates and like it's normal as you get older you know mm-hmm. for changes mm-hmm. but I thought like I had to stick to that number so I could always be like oh the small one in the family or like I never wanted to hear them say that I wasn't so it was like the same thing but in a different way than Sally's family but it's like no matter how like no matter what your family is saying anytime they comment on your weight whether you know outwardly positive or negative it's like mm-hmm. <laughs> so impacts you so I'm kind of yeah. curious, Linda, if you ever heard comments from your family because you do have a you you're from an Asian background or household, and like mm-hmm. was it different for your brother too? Because Sally and I both had sisters, so um, mm. 
Like I've always that heard was another weight. thing. They would always compare the weight between my me and my yeah. sister. And my sister is skinnier than me, so they would always tell her to eat, eat more, and then they would tell me to eat less. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like that is pretty different. Um, I think similar to me, I weighed like pretty less. What is that grammatical? Like, less <laughs> relatively as a kid. So I also had like the hundred pounds threshold that mm-hmm. I was seeing as some kind of like, wow, like this is the day. Um, <laughs> but I never really thought that deeply into it. And right now I'm still pretty, I'm like close to a hundred pounds, which like for my height is pretty under. Um, so I never got like the lose weight type of talk, which I guess is, yeah, it is a privilege in in a way. Um, but my parents would comment on weight but it's mostly like i'm wasting so much food on you because you never grow um or like you never gain weight i'm like well i'm i'm like growing my brain or something and for my brother like it got different when he started like working out and then he started like getting bigger and growing more because back then he had like a super chubby face he still has like a super chubby face and i think they'll be like oh like your chubby face is so cute and stuff like that which is a very kid kind of thing but he's like 18 now which is probably like too old to be i don't know having like a baby type of like comments um but i feel like leo does get a more like weight-based comments than me um like for like no reason though so i don't know Have you ever struggled with wanting, like, have you ever ever struggled with wanting to gain weight but not being able to? Kind of, yeah. I think that's, like, my deal with fitness. Like, no matter what I do, I can't change what I look like. Like, even mm-hmm. if I feel like I'm stronger or I can do more things, like, I look the same. So it's hard to connect any kind of effect when it doesn't show up externally. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like working out is such a tricky topic. I mean, it's sensitive for a lot of people, but, like, even personally, it's, like, I'm at the point now where I'm working out because I like to feel strong or I like the endorphins right after working out, and it just makes me, you know, it's Mm -hmm. good to be active, but it's such a, like, a thin line or, like, a tricky balance between working out because I like to be active versus working out because of, you know, physical changes or, like, I don't know, maybe seeing abs or something like I always I really have to catch myself from like going in that direction and so I don't know it's it's been kind of hard and it's also hard because like Linda said like my body doesn't change that much when I work out so I can say like oh I'm just doing it to get stronger but like deep Mm -hmm. down if I don't see changes I'm still a little like it's kind of discouraging yeah 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 especially when we're doing body pump consistently every week but my body was not changing at all even though i felt like i was stronger like i could go up in the weights but like physically it didn't look different at all Mm -hmm. that was kind of discouraging but (laughs) do you have anything else you want to say about this um i guess yeah we kind of are going into that direction but we can move from like talking about i guess family influences especially when we were in college um at least for me, I was moving away from the family influence. And like, there's that whole thing in college where you get the freshman 15. 
So it was almost like from my family that it was kind of expected that I might like have fluctuations in my weight. So it wasn't like that big of a deal. And then being around other college students who are like eating late night, like my perception of like what is healthy to eat and stuff like that changed. And I was less focused on that. So I think going to college was actually a really good mental place for me to be in terms of like my body and appearance. But then of course, like you said, Sally, social media kind of always like, you know, regulates you back in because um, I don't know, like having, it's kind of like a, what do you call that? A double-edged sword, like having, mm-hmm. um, or a good side and a bad side of a coin. Mm-hmm. It's like having Asian American influencers and YouTubers to look up to was really cool. And I didn't discover them till high school. So once I did, I realized, oh, this is like who I can look up to in terms of like doing my makeup or beauty and stuff like that. But then on the other hand, seeing them all being, like, super skinny or, like, you know, tall and lengthy was kind of like, oh, dang. So is that what I'm supposed to look like as an Asian American woman? So, Mm -hmm. yeah, that really hit me kind of uh, late high school into college, especially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I got into, like, Asian American influencers around the same time. And, yeah, I agree, like, seeing them work out really made me want to like work out to get the same like type of body that they have but it's also really refreshing to hear when they share about like when they like jen m posted one of her videos about i guess i think it was like her waking or like a weight journey or something and she shared that she actually struggled with her weight a lot and like there was a time when like even though she looked like slim but she was actually hiding that she was gaining a lot of weight during the time and then she had to work really hard to like lose it all back so it was like more relatable when you hear about their own struggles with weight even mm-hmm. though like the p- pictures that they post don't really show it yeah mm-hmm. that's true yeah i think it had like another trajectory like i was discouraged from working out because if you know my body looked the same and i fit like the skinny ideal then what's the point of eating healthier or what's the point of mm. working out if you know i still look fine or i still look acceptable to the societal beauty <laughs> standards i guess yeah. but when ming was talking about from high school and college i think that's when i started to connect body image to like gender and you know being sexualized because it was just like the connection like oh if you're skinny that that means you fulfill a beauty image and that beauty image is associated with like femininity or being a woman so it did kind of deepen the stakes more of body image as as that like process Hmm. are you talking more like about connecting like you said like body image with a specific stereotype or standard in terms of gender like norms i guess Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, did you experience that in high school and stuff? Like, when you started dating or started looking at mm-hmm. other people who you found attractive? Because I feel like that also is a connection to so what you find attractive in other people to what how you feel about yourself. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I definitely see how it connects to um, gender stereotypes or norms. And uh, something that I learned about in I don't remember if it was a woman's studies class or an Asian American studies class, but it was like how, um, just how like being a minority is defined as being non-white 
like the standard is white so if you're not white you're a minority it's similar to like how the um, characteristics of an ideal woman is in contrast to a man right so you're always comparing mm-hmm. yourself to the standards of a man in a way and I definitely felt that in again high school and a little bit in college where like I was starting to like people or have crushes on guys so in my mind to be attractive I had to be the opposite of what is considered manly right so the fact that I don't have like those curves or a huge chest or um, there was a phase when I cut my hair pretty short and I was kind of upset about it internally because I was like like I, I should have long hair I don't know I just yeah mm-hmm. I'm always I was always trying to make sure that I wasn't seen as too boyish or too guyish especially because I don't know sometimes I know that Asian American women are like seen as like hypersexualized but I felt in high school that like no guy was interested in me so it had to be because of like I didn't look womanly or cute enough so mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah I yeah I can relate I remember like okay in middle school people are really rude <laughs> and someone uh, once made a comment about like how I don't have any boobs and like that stuck with me for a while because and like that made me not want to wear like more revealing tops mm. to, to kind of hide the fact that I don't have boobs or whatever but it like made me more conscious of my figure compa- and made me compare it to other people who are more curvy have more boobs than mm-hmm. I do and yeah I mean as an Asian woman like there's nothing you can do to change it besides plastic surgery <laughs> so okay. I mean now I know like even just thinking about it won't do anything productive but it was a struggle for me speaking of plastic surgery i have like mono lids and they're kind of puffy like Mm. they're very soft and they kind of like are a very asian feature and people have said like oh do you want the the eyelid tape or something Mm. or stuff like that to you know make make my eyes look more westernized or you know have the oh my gosh have like the double eyelid um Mm -hmm. so did you have any moments where an asian feature was something you were super conscious of or were you like oh i want to look white or i want to look different than an an asian person well i've never wanted to look white (laughs) but i was proud like when i learned about the double eyelids thing i was proud that i did have double eyelids kind (laughs) of like i don't know if they count mine are kind of like hidden they're kind of small but i do have double eyelids <laughs> um and i think i looked up to asian influences for beauty growing up so i didn't really like i never wanted to look like a white person mm-hmm. like i knew that it wouldn't look good on me their kind of makeup <laughs> and stuff so <laughs> i didn't really have that kind of struggle but well, what about you mm-hmm. me i think again for me it's a little different because growing up i i think no matter if you grow up around other Asians or other white people, when you grow up, the stereotypical thing that makes you Asian, like when you first look at someone, is their eyes, right? And like the squinty eyes or like smaller eyes. And so that was always something on my mind when I was growing up when I was younger is the fact that I had smaller eyes compared to my relatives. But I didn't really know of the terms about like monolid and like double eyelid. I literally did not learn about that till maybe like senior year of high school, freshman year of college when I started watching more Asian beauty YouTubers and I just 
Like, I didn't realize those were terms. And so even now, I'm still not sure what kind of eyelids I have. Um, I don't really care. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was just weird. You have a double eyelid. Do a I? little bit. Like a okay, super tiny one. I think like a hooded one. I, I have no idea. So <laughs> that never really bothered me. And it was kind of cool, like Sally said, to learn that you do have something that's different and I don't know. I like the fact that now that it distinguishes me as being Asian, I guess. But yeah, growing up, I really didn't like my nose. I thought it was really wide. But now that I know that it's kind of another... Your nose is not wide. Okay, okay. But compared to like those, you know, like white, very sloped kind of small Mm -hmm. noses or another thing I didn't like about myself was the high like cheekbones i guess and the fact that my glasses oh the glasses would oh always God, rub I hated that. <laughs> until until i heard from another again an asian youtuber who was like you need the n- nose pads you need like the yes. wire nose pads and i was like wow this is a game changer and now i really like the fact that like my cheekbones are high but mm-hmm. it's like all those types of things that like i wasn't aware of until i heard from other asian yeah. people and white people really be setting us up because at Costco, for like the longest time, they only had the type of frame that has like the plastic nubs, oh like gosh. without the nose pads. Yes. And I couldn't find any glasses that were cute with the nose pads until I went to Hong Kong. <laughs> so like most of my life, my glasses would just fall down my face all the time and Wait. I have to push them up. Sally, I know exactly what you're talking about. Those like plastic rectangular ones were in yes. trend for a little bit. And I have a memory mm-hmm. of like freshman year of high school. I was trying out for the track team. And I didn't have contacts at the time, so I had to wear those glasses. And they didn't have the nubs. So we were running, you know, laps, and they kept falling down my face. And I felt so self-conscious of it to the point where, like, I didn't even return to track because I was, like, because self-conscious of that. Yeah, I was wow. really self-conscious of the fact that, like, no one else was having that issue. And it was just me. And they kept, like, they would, like, literally fall really far down my nose. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I was, like, pushing them up all the time. Yeah, they really been messy with us. But now, you know, it's in trend to wear those, like, wire frames now or, like, the mm-hmm. big circular ones, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just got myself a pair. Yeah. <laughs> Are you for the big circular ones? Do you guys know, like, my Ajuma sunglasses, like, the super big ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know how I would, like, take them off and there would be, like, a huge mark on my on my cheeks mm-hmm. <laughs> from when the glasses were there? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, I know what you're saying. And, like, being Asian really does manifest in the face. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it does in, like your body as well um but i think that's more like skin color i don't know if sally you had comments like that but it's like oh stay out of the sun because Mm. you don't want to get too tan and stuff like that Mm. um which didn't happen a lot but i still like had a little bit of it or at least it was like wear a hat so your face doesn't Mm -hmm. you know yeah get darker or whatever yeah it definitely depends on the family for this even within an asian culture I think because my dad is from the south, like our family is naturally more dark on the dark side, like southern China. Um, so my dad is pretty dark skin for for a Chinese person, and I think I have like I don't have dark skin, but I have like medium skin. I don't have fair skin like Linda. So my family wasn't really that into, and, and because we did swim team, I would get tan a lot during mm-hmm. the summer. So we weren't really like we didn't really talk about like staying out of the sun and like, trying to have fair skin that much but then when i got into k-pop like i realized that that was a thing too mm-hmm, yeah. but i don't yeah i didn't really buy into that propaganda <laughs> mm-hmm. sally i was gonna ask you yeah since you were on the swim team did you ever get conflicting 
thoughts, I guess, because in my mind, when I was seeing people, like, on TV or whatever, they were always trying to get tan, you know, the idea, mm-hmm. especially during summer, was that, like, the way yeah. you prove that you're outside having fun is if you're, like, a nice glowing tan <laughs> or whatever, yeah. so I never thought about staying, honestly, to this day, I'm still really bad about wearing sunscreen, which I need to get better at, but, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, I actually had this, yeah, I definitely had that mindset where I had to get as tan as I could during the summer, like, I had to grab <laughs> onto my chance as a swim team member, and I think also because my friends, they were also, I also had Asian friends on the swim team, and we all, like, wanted to get tan, so sometimes I would purposely not wear sunscreen <laughs> so I could get more tan, <laughs> which is really bad now that I think of it, but now I'm more into wearing sunscreen and sun protection now that I know what it does to your skin. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and also maybe like what linda mentioned about um or i guess what sally mentioned about like k-pop and the korean the korean beauty industry is like well known now but did you guys mm-hmm. grow up thinking about like i guess skincare or beauty in terms of like makeup and things that you apply because i only started hearing about it it started with those face masks the sheet face masks <laughs> from sally and then now i know all about it but i never really thought about my skin in that way or beauty, I guess. Yeah. I remember when I heard about, like, the 10-step Korean beauty <laughs> routine. I was yeah. like, what the heck? Um, I never, like, was that into skincare. I had, I guess I had phases. Like, I had some phases where I was really into, like, um, like makeup and skincare. But then that was mostly in high school. But I would buy, like, cheaper versions of the products and just, like, play it, just to play around with it. But once I, like, finished experimenting with that, I never really got back into it. Mm. Like, now I wash my face with water. (laughs) (laughs) Just water? (laughs) Sometimes the Glossier, like, gel foamer, gel cleanser thing. But besides that, just water. (laughs) I remember you had, like, the Mario Badescu stuff. (laughs) You'd be washing your face. Yeah, after you sent me that article about how it's, like, terrible for your skin, I I don't use that anymore. My influence. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's interesting how, like, the majority or the first end of this episode, we had talked a lot about weight and, yeah, weight, basically. And I think, I guess that's based on our influences from our family or social media. But, like, we didn't, we haven't really talked about makeup in terms of beauty. And so I'm wondering if you guys consider that as a part of beauty standards that you see or something that you hope to attain. I don't know, I don't know what I'm trying to say, but, like, to me, I don't really consciously think about makeup. Like, most days mm-hmm. now, I don't wear makeup. Maybe do my eyebrows sometimes, but it's like I'm not, I don't care about makeup. While my sister, yeah. on the other hand, is really into makeup. And it's, I don't know how that happened. I think it's definitely has to do with the age because my sister is also the same. Oh. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever she goes out, even for a freaking like FaceTime call, she'll put on like, <laughs> mascara and do her eye- eyelashes or whatever. Well, now I'm at that part, like, similar to you, where I rarely m- wear makeup anymore. Like, that, if I feel good, I'll do my eyebrows, <laughs> but that's very rare. I remember I used to do my eyebrows every day in college, and mm. I don't know how I did that. Oh, yeah. I remember we used to go out, and then you wouldn't let us leave until you finished doing your eyebrows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's so true. The eyebrows, and um, I went through a phase where I, I had to do my, like, winged eyeliner, even though it took me, like, mm. so many tries to get it yeah. even but yeah maybe it is an age thing mm-hmm. what about you linda 
um i feel like you guys know i don't really do makeup or when i do i'm like super bad at it so <laughs> now i'm like simple is best mm, natural yeah. is best or i'm just like too lazy to do it or i don't know yeah. how like to do it so that it looks good so i never mm. had like that taste of the appeal i guess so yeah like your eyebrows <laughs> shut up <laughs> <laughs> anyways yeah i'm thinking maybe it has to do with like i don't know about your family so i don't want to make assumptions but my mom is not really that makeup um you know yeah same for mine she's not into it so i never had like when i asked her to like when i wanted to start getting into makeup i remember i asked her if she could buy me or if i could buy a mascara and i was like i don't know what kind of buy and my mom was like i don't know just choose the cheapest one (laughs) That's like she didn't really say. know either. <laughs> yeah, I I would I wouldn't even tell my mom that I'm buying makeup because I would like I would have to hide it from her because then she would say that I'm wasting money. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. When you got older, were you allowed to wear it? I don't think it was that I was I wasn't allowed to wear it. Like when I wore makeup, she wouldn't really notice. No, <laughs> she would just think I was like. I don't know, I guess I wouldn't look that much different with and without makeup, so she wouldn't say anything. But, okay, back in high school, I would have to get all my purchases approved by my mom because I didn't have a debit card or anything, so I couldn't order stuff online without her. So then I would go, and like, I would walk myself to CVS <laughs> just to buy the, their overpriced makeup, drugstore makeup, <laughs> and, like, use that crappy makeup on my face. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm past those days. <laughs> Wait, I want to bring back a maybe a repressed memory but do you remember um us getting ready for prom putting on the eyelashes yes okay <laughs> i put so much pressure on prom but also i think because everyone else was i don't know about um mm-hmm. other counties or schools but for some reason pg county like they go all out on proms right like not just your classic yeah. limousine and dress but like full-on makeup and they do photo shoots sometimes and it's just a huge thing and i remember like seeing the year before us they would post pictures on twitter or instagram and it would just be like everyone's waiting for the reveal right and so in my mind i was thinking (laughs) okay so this is the chance for quiet little ming (laughs) to look cute for a makeover episode (laughs) right and i was like okay i'm gonna you know look good i'm gonna try putting on fake eyelashes and sally's gonna help me (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we never did not get them on i'm not a makeup artist <laughs> but we have that... either of you used falsies since then no actually my sister put on a pair last night on you yeah because she was bored and i was bored and we were watching the presidential mm-hmm. debate and so she was just like let me do your makeup <laughs> so i was like okay fine something to entertain us because the debate was definitely not that great um mm-hmm. And she only did, like, one eye, and, like, we had to stop because everything, it was just looking so bad, Um, just, like, the eye makeup, and then the false lashes were, like, too long because they were for her (laughs) eye shape, and so it was, like, I couldn't even open my eye, but, yeah, that was the only, the, I guess that was the first time since we tried um, senior Mm -hmm. year, but I just... Like, I don't put normally put so much weight behind events of, like, looking good. Like, I want to look good, but, like, I didn't put that much weight. It was only for prom, which is maybe because it's, yeah. like, hyped up in pop culture. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think also in our school culture, people were spending a lot of money on prom. Like they were getting appointments for their hair and nails, mm-hmm. and so I kind of felt like I should have done more. But now that I look back on it, it was kind of a waste of money to get that freaking like SUV stretch little oh my whatever. God. I hate oh my God. Was that. I hate that. <laughs> I also repressed <laughs> Oh my gosh! But have you guys experienced that feeling? since then i guess of a pressure to look good maybe for like i don't know like when dating when it came to that did you have insecurities about your physical appearances not dating but when we were going out i felt pressure to look good i guess especially when you know you're like mm. approaching the door and like the frat guy or whatever is like looking at you and yeah <laughs> you kind of have to like awkwardly be like girly enough to be let in and stuff and i remember we had like to do a ratio of like guys to girls or whatever and mm-hmm. one time I was in the back with like some random boys I'm like I'm not girl enough to get you guys in because I had like my short hair and then I would wear that like jacket all the time like the <laughs> manly jacket I'll zip it up all the way to my neck because it was cold and they'll be like what are you like are you a girl <laughs> yeah going to frat parties was definitely like a very bad it's like a very bad environment to be like to be like I don't know to be positive body positive I guess yeah because you're you know you're being judged by people there by your appearance and like and we like succumb to it we still want to look good even though we know we're going in for some like nasty boys to judge us (laughs) (laughs) also the fact that like you couldn't really see people in the actual party like the lights were Mm -hmm. most of the time pretty low but like it was the beforehand which i will say getting ready beforehand with everyone was really fun like with hannah yeah, and that's like really fun. doing makeup with each other was a lot of fun and i would like to say that's why i wanted to do it most of the time but it, i also can't lie and say that like the fact that some guys may be looking at us really shaped how i i guess prepared for it and not just in terms of makeup but i guess also what i was wearing too because mm-hmm. like linda said you had to appear like feminine or like hot enough i guess not even just to get in but like if i wanted to maybe talk to someone at the party i felt like i had to you know wear an appropriate shirt which that would be a crop top or like a non-existent like her whole outfits yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay it sounds kind of bad but i've always been more confident in like my body than like my face so going Mm. to frat parties i like felt more confident i guess because it was too dark for you to mm. see who is who clearly and like you're just a body i guess and <laughs> i think that was a time where i was like wearing more revealing stuff um the the thought outfits that yeah. you have to like feel pressure <laughs> to put on when you go out and i was like it's kind of nice to be perceived in that environment yeah. it's kind of low risk like there's some anonymity anonymity involved <laughs> yeah. um so you can feel like people looking at you and while that's like not a good metric by any means it does kind of give you a you know that feeling Mm -hmm. yeah but it was kind of fun like i did look forward to wearing my whole outfits for the (laughs) nights out because it was fun getting ready first of all like we would hype each other up and be like Mm -hmm. wow you look so good and like we took pictures (laughs) and stuff like that Yeah, yeah but then also it was like because it was dark, I had the confidence to wear that at night. But if I was in, like, 
the daylight i would never even think about wearing those kind of clothes and like walking around i would not have that kind of confidence it's always like the five minutes of embarrassment when you have to walk out of the elevator through the lobby (laughs) yeah out the door (laughs) that like five minutes would always like intimidate me but yeah once you got actually there or out the door it was it was in some way i don't know if this is a good word to use but sometimes i did feel like empowered in some way of being like during the day i feel not that special or not Mm -hmm. that attractive but like right now i feel pretty attractive and especially which is really bad because you shouldn't equate you know worth with attention but if i were to get attention from a guy or something i would feel like Mm -hmm. while i feel really confident right now even though i'm not that confident in like my looks normally which is kind of bad but also at the same time like that was the moment where I did feel good about myself. I don't know. It's it's really tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I never got the concept of looking good for yourself because I'm like, I don't, I can't see myself normally. So what is the <laughs> point? But I guess staying at home during quarantine all the time. Sometimes when I look in the mirror, I'm like, okay, I look nice today. I'm like, oh wait, no one can see me. So, <laughs> oh well. But... Sometimes I feel like it's a waste to look nice when I just like me by myself so i'll like go out and get groceries or something <laughs> <Good> <laughs> like today in your nice outfits yeah yeah that's a that's a good point that being at court in home at quarantine has definitely kind of changed i know like people have been talking about oh like you're this is a crisis situation so you should be more forgiving to yourself and i definitely have taken that kind of to heart in terms of like I don't even do makeup anymore or like worry about what I wear I w- basically wear the same thing but um I think if we were to circle the conversation in a full circle back to weight <laughs> okay. it's always like I don't know I guess it's because people equate like skinniness with healthiness I think that's what always gets me the healthiness part of it mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. that's not inherently like equal I guess but mm-hmm. yeah or how like health is like a moral thing Mm. like if you're not healthy if you're gaining weight that means you're either lazy by not working out or you're like not taking care of yourself by not eating healthy or something so that's also like kind of an uncomfortable thing about like how morality is Mm -hmm. like attached to it yeah well going back to the influencers i think it's i like do notice a shift in how like health and beauty is portrayed now um especially on youtube and instagram people are more holistic in like talking about health like they talk about not only just like physical health but like mental health and also what you eat and what you put in your body so i think that also helped me get like a like a more realistic goal of like what I want for my body and like what kind of health goals that I want to set mm-hmm. yeah what's your health goal um just eat healthy <laughs> 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 my goal was to do Chloe Ting consistently but um I'm working <laughs> on that <laughs> but yeah now I do want to work out more for being stronger and Okay, to be honest, I still, like, I want to have abs, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I do, like, I I like, I like feeling stronger, and I really like doing resistance training, so that's, like, one of my, like, goals to get stronger, and not just to lose weight. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think that 
I guess a question for both of you, but do you think that your mindset is in the best place it's been in terms of like self-confidence and like accepting your appearance or, you know, the lowest or like in between? Because I would say personally for me, I'm in a pretty good place right now. And maybe it's just because I'm at home all the time, but like I'm not as self-conscious about what I look like as I was when I was like coming out of that pool. Because during those years, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, middle school is so bad for confidence. I don't... Yeah, like I agree. I was such a shy person, and not just because of my personality, but, like, I just felt really bad about how I looked. And so now I feel like coming out of college, like, I'm like, I have a job, like, I, I have all this. And I don't really think about my appearance that much besides the working out part. But I'm pretty content with where I am right now. But I don't know. I guess you could always have a healthier mindset, maybe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can totally relate to that. Um, yeah, I think I'm, right now I'm at a good, pretty good place. And like another thing I forgot to talk about is I think growing up, especially in middle school, I was very like nervous or like I was I wouldn't be um, experimental in what I wore. Mm. Like I always felt like, oh, I don't look that good as like the other people around me. Like I like how dare I try to wear like a skirt or like <laughs> leggings. Oh, like I'm not fashionable enough for that kind of stuff. So that's why I always wore like hoodies and jeans in mm. middle school. But as I got more comfortable and confident in my body or in how I look in general, I like got more experimental and like the now wearing wide legged pants how that dare. I would never wear before. <laughs> I don't know. I just like I like more adventurous in what I wear, like fashion wise, and also the I guess looks too. Like I before I would never like I would be scared of like wearing makeup in public because I don't know. I just felt like I wouldn't look good, and I just felt like it wasn't something for me. Like I wasn't one of those pretty girls mm. that wear makeup, and like now mm-hmm. I'm like, well, it can be for everyone. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Linda, any thoughts? Last thoughts. Um, I guess my mindset has always been pretty, like, stable. I've always had, like, a pretty good mindset or just, like, neutral about what I look like. I mean, sometimes I feel really awkward in my body. Like, you know how you walk past a store and you see yourself and you're like, wait, like, that's oh. me. Like, I look kind of weird, <laughs> but, I, like, I just keep walking because, you know, what can you do? I feel like that's, like, my whole mindset about, like, image and appearance is, like, what can you do? I guess, but recently, going back to, like, the influencers thing that Sally mentioned, a lot of, like, I guess, fashion and body image comes down to, like, consumerism, like, buying products for your face or, like, buying clothes and stuff like that. So, I'm trying to do a, I guess, more sustainable shopping now that I have, like, income and I'm trying to be, like, a responsible adult and I'm looking at things that like aren't like college stuff so I'm trying to have like a linen wardrobe and (sighs) stuff like that and I think you already know my style is like hit or miss (laughs) kind of (laughs) (laughs) and I'm totally okay with that um hopefully I can dress better you know when I'm 30 or 40 or whatever but I'm totally comfortable with whatever (laughs) I don't know if that's any thought but
Thank you for listening to this episode. Um, I think we had a pretty interesting discussion about how we viewed our body and how our image changed throughout the years, and also some of the Asian beauty standards that we've encountered. Um, hopefully you guys can relate to what we said in this episode and feel that you're not alone in your struggles with body image. Mm-hmm. And you can check out our website at movingalongpod.com where you can find all of our episodes and show notes with links. If you like this episode, you can follow us on Instagram and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Until next time. Bye. Bye.